Hey there, welcome to a new episode of the Liberators Network podcast. I'm Christian Verwijs, and in this episode we're going to talk about what to do when Scrum doesn't fit. If you work as a Scrum Master or Agile Coach, you've probably run into Scrum teams where Scrum just doesn't seem to take off. The various Scrum events feel like a chore, motivation is low, and people complain about Scrum. Does this mean that this team is not doing Scrum well, or does it say that Scrum may not be the best fit for this team? Let's explore in this episode. But before diving into the episode, I want to take a moment to thank some of the new patrons that signed up to support our work since the most recent episode. You are the people that are making this content possible, and we want to thank you for this. Jeroen Koene, Benjamin Huser, Jacob van Zandwijk, Robert Huberts, Joost Jonker, Oistin Meus, Salvador Bosk, and Sebastian Rido. Thank you so much for signing up. It means the world to us. There are many other people that signed up since the most recent episode, but I'll make sure to distribute the names equally across all the podcasts. Otherwise, I'm taking too much time to just mention the patrons. Let me just say that the Liberators, our company, is primarily funded by the community. That means that we don't do work for big corporations and big clients. We don't offer commercial training. We do some immersion workshops for liberating structures every now and then, but that's it in terms of income from other sources. We want to make sure that our work benefits the community and we feel that you as a community are in the best position to determine if it's valuable or doing. And if you are, please consider becoming a patron to support us in making more content like this. You can go to patreon.com liberators to find more information. But without further ado, let's jump into the episode. I've certainly had my own share of experience with teams like the ones that I described in the introduction. While I've also been fortunate for the many excellent scrum teams that I've worked with, both employed and as a freelancer, for some teams it felt like I was flogging a dead horse, metaphorically speaking of course. It took me a while, longer than it probably should have, to discover that this often happens when the scrum framework is not a good fit for the work that a group of people does, and then it quickly becomes a burden. And it's good to re remember throughout this episode that I'm not recording this podcast as a criticism of the Scrum framework or as a way to bash it. I deeply love the Scrum framework and what it makes possible. But there are many situations where it's applied when it just doesn't fit the work that people are doing and that creates more problems than it solves. So it's always important to remember that the Scrum framework in a sense is a tool. It's designed for a specific purpose. And if you apply it to other purposes, it may not work as well as you expect, and this episode is all about clarifying what that purpose is. When Scrum fits. The Scrum framework is a good fit for some problems, but not for others. Especially when you're new to Scrum and excited about the possibilities, just like I was, it's easy to treat it as a cure for all ills, for all kinds of problems and for all kinds of teams. The Scrum framework, however, is purposefully designed to help teams deal with complex adaptive problems. These are challenges where no clear-cut solution exists when you start to work, and where experimentation and discovery are necessary to figure out what might work. There is also a temporal element where people have to work together for weeks, months or even years to solve the problem or a set of connected problems. This could be the development of a product, a research project, a long-running marketing campaign, or something else that takes more than a few days or weeks, and can be done by one person alone. 
Organizations, teams, consultants and coaches sometimes try to force Scrum onto problems it isn't designed for. Just because the Scrum framework is hip and trending and a lot of organizations do it, doesn't mean that you should too. And the resulting tension of this is often experienced by the teams themselves, making their resistance very understandable. How do you know when Scrum doesn't fit? I'd love to give you clear-cut guidelines for when to use Scrum and when not to, but such a simple answer simply doesn't exist. It depends greatly on the team, the organization, and the kind of work they do. What I can give you are some signs to look for. Over time, I've applied Scrum to software engineering, product development, marketing efforts, scientific research, organizational redesign. Even my own marriage, we used Scrum, at least partially. By applying Scrum in a wide variety of domains and making many mistakes along the way, I've learned to look for the following signs of bad fit. The first sign is that teams work mostly on small improvements on bug fixes, support issues and configuration tasks that are collected by the product owner and put onto a, well, not a product, but a backlog. Another indicator that's related to this one is that teams often struggle to formulate sprint goals because the work on the product backlog is mostly unrelated. Even when you try, it's difficult to find connections between the items other than that they need to be done at some point in time. A third indicator is that teams often work on multiple products or projects at the same time and this makes sense in their context. For example, you may find yourself with a team that configures ERP software for different clients at the same time, or teams work for different customers because smaller teams and shorter sprints don't make sense for the company that you're working with. Another indicator is that the sprint reviews are mostly a repeat of everything that the team has been working on that sprint, but there is no clear single increment that can be inspected because the work that was done isn't related. It's just a bunch of items that the team completed and they're showcasing this during the sprint review. Another sign is that there are no stakeholders at the sprint review because you would end up with a bunch of completely unrelated stakeholders and a shared review doesn't make sense. Or you still do the sprint reviews, invite this bunch of stakeholders and it all feels very weird as each stakeholder has to wait for their item to be inspected. Another indicator is that sprint planning feels forced, as the work that needs to happen in a sprint is highly unpredictable. A good example of this are teams that provide support for existing platforms, and are highly dependent on whatever comes up on a given day. Another indicator is that although people are grouped into teams, and they may even be called a scrum team, everyone in the team generally works on their own items. Although collaboration is nice, and people see some value in it, it isn't necessary to get the work in a sprint done, so people don't generally do it. And finally, people that are part of the Scrum team are part of that team for maybe one or two days a week. They work for other teams or projects on the remaining days. You could also summarize the indicators of bad fit as simply concluding that the experience of the Scrum framework feels artificial. Although all the roles, the events and the artifacts of the Scrum framework are in place, the experience of it feels forced and artificial. The time box of a sprint in particular feels artificial as the only thing that comes out of a sprint is a bunch of unrelated items for unrelated stakeholders. And this is a problem because the Scrum framework is built on coherence. Let's explore why that is the case next. 
The key word is coherence. The Scrum framework makes sense when each sprint can feasibly result in a coherent batch of completed work, which we call the increment. That can then be inspected by the team and its stakeholders during the sprint review and throughout the sprint. For some kinds of work, this increment will be more tangible than others. For example, a Scrum team that is developing a software product can present a new version of that product that includes the work that was done in that sprint. An engineering team can share a new prototype that is improved based on what was learned from the previous version. The increment may be less tangible for teams that perform other kinds of complex work. For example, a scientific research team may use a sprint to test one or two hypotheses and to share the results in the sprint review. A team that uses Scrum to guide an organizational redesign process may use their sprints to focus on a particular area of redesign, like formulating job descriptions, and then share their results with relevant stakeholders at the end. The key word here is coherence. The Scrum framework makes sense when there is coherence in the work of a group of people, or when they would benefit from more coherence than there currently is. The latter part is important, because even though that coherence may not be there now, that doesn't mean it won't be there when you try and start removing impediments. You may find that creating more coherence actually increases the effectiveness of a group many times. Bad fit? You may need to try harder. Just as a Scrum framework is often applied to problems that aren't suited for it, it is often also ignored for problems that are perfectly suited for it. The fact that the Scrum framework doesn't fit now doesn't mean that it shouldn't. So perhaps you are currently working on three projects at the same time, and this may seem unavoidable to you, or you are part of multiple teams and there's little you can do about that. Or the items on the product backlog have no coherence because your product owner has no mandate to create that coherence, and that's that. Although this may lead you to conclude that the Scrum framework is not suited for you, that conclusion may be too quick. Because there is an important trade-off between the fit and the benefits of something like the Scrum framework. For example, when you work on multiple projects or products at the same time, that inherently increases work in progress. And we know from experience, and by we I mean basically all Scrum teams, that reduces the flow of work through your team. It makes you less effective. It also means that being a member of multiple teams inherently makes it hard to commit to any of the teams and to create focus. Again, work in progress will increase and the flow of work will decrease. It's also true that the benefits of teamwork, like being able to help each other, increased morale and higher motivation, are very limited when everyone is simply working on their own items and everyone accepts that that's just the way it is. When you don't have sprints, you lose the focus that a time box like this gives to a team to solve a particular sub-problem of the larger problem. Sprints can actually reduce stress by creating focus on achieving a goal, and if that goal is achieved earlier than the sprint's sprint ends, that's a good way to relax or spend time on other things that are valuable. And finally, when you don't release new increments and don't validate your assumptions with your stakeholders, you effectively are unable to reduce the risk of getting it wrong. Even when it is hard to do this kind of validation, can you take the hit when you're wrong in terms of financial damage, PR damage or customer relations damage?
So what's the alternative? When the Scrum framework is not a good fit, what is? Honestly, this is the question we usually ask teams. Considering the work that they do, what do they think is a good way to organize their work that also allows them to work empirically? For example, teams that have to work on different projects or for different customers at the same time may still benefit from elements of the Scrum framework. Although sprint goals and a single increment may not make sense considering the lack of coherence in work, they can still use the product backlog as a sort of a team backlog and use the Scrum events to synchronize their work where needed. It isn't Scrum, but it still allows them to work empirically. For some teams, it is impossible to feasibly forecast to work for even a single sprint, or the time box of a sprint may not even make sense otherwise. In this case, Kanban may be more suited for this kind of work. And this is also a good moment to emphasize that Kanban and Scrum are not mutually exclusive. Sometimes people present them as such, where you have to choose between one or the other, or they say that one is better than the other. That's just not true. People that say that do not understand the deep purpose of the Scrum framework and Kanban. In fact, most of the best Scrum teams we know apply Kanban principles to their work. It's just natural to work with Kanban if you're working with Scrum, so try both. Often when we start with new teams, we do not start by saying that we're going to start with Scrum. Instead, we start working empirically and build it up from there and this often becomes Scrum. So, for example, we start by creating transparency around the work that is currently in progress in the team, which then becomes the sprint backlog. We create transparency around the work that they think is coming up, which is the product backlog. And then we pick moments to at least coordinate the work with the team and with the stakeholders the team is working for and to learn from the feedback, which then become the scrum events. For some teams, this process eventually grows into Scrum. For others, it becomes something else that is still built on empiricism, meaning transparency, inspection, and adaptation. And that is fine. The Scrum framework is not the end goal. Empiricism is the end goal. Either way, my preference is to try Scrum when there is sufficient coherence between the work that people in a team do. When that coherence isn't there, the question for the team then becomes if it would be beneficial to them to have more coherence. If the answer to that is a clear-cut no, then don't use Scrum. If the answer is maybe, then try Scrum together and see what happens. You can use liberating structures like what, so, what, now, what, conversation, cafe, or UX Fishbowl to answer that question together instead of deciding it for teams. It is never perfect, and that is fine. The title of this episode may suggest that Scrum either fits or it doesn't, but it isn't black and white. The first reason is that Scrum is a framework, not a prescriptive methodology. Scrum only tells you what to do at a minimum to work empirically, but it doesn't tell you how to do it. The how is so deeply contextual that there is no single answer that would work for any team anywhere on the wor world doing any kind of work. So to a large degree it's up to teams to make Scrum fit their work and vice versa. The second reason is that it shouldn't be a goal to achieve a 100% perfect fit. The goal of Scrum is to help teams deliver more value to their stakeholders sooner through an empirical approach, which reduces risks. It isn't about Scrum, but about what it makes possible. 
if teams can make this possible through other means or by adopting only parts of Scrum, then good for them. Finally, even the best Scrum teams we've worked with didn't have a perfect fit. Sometimes we skip the sprint retrospective, or we postponed a daily Scrum to fix a critical bug that popped up, or we did a sprint without a sprint goal because we just couldn't find a clear pattern in the work that was important. And that is fine, as long as they were exceptions. And that brings me to the closing words for this episode. In this episode, we explored what happens when Scrum doesn't fit the work that a group of people does. Based on our own experience, we offered some of the signs that we look for to determine if there is a bad fit with Scrum. If that fit isn't there right now, it doesn't automatically mean that Scrum is a bad idea. It is up to teams to determine if the benefits of Scrum outweigh the fit and if there are ways to improve that fit. We're curious to hear your thoughts and personal experiences on this question. How did you discover that Scrum wasn't a good fit? What helped you reach that conclusion and what happened afterwards? And that brings me to the end of today's episode. I really hope you learned something new about Scrum and when it fits and when it doesn't, and also what to look for to determine if it's fitting or not. If you liked today's episode, please review it or like it or give it a thumbs up on the platform that you're listening on. Even better, share it with friends and colleagues, people that are also working with teams that work with Scrum and where you can see it's not really fitting well. This episode may help them make decisions about how to move forward. And that's ultimately what we're doing all this for. Now, if you like to encourage us to create more content like this, you can consider becoming a patron. I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can simply go to patreon.com slash liberators. Having said all that, I want to wish you a great day. Thank you for listening and learning something new, and see you again for the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.